Hello. Hi. What would you like to have a conversation about? I'd like to have a conversation about Ex Machina. Hello, I am Professor Robert E.G. Black, and this is Minutia Ex Machina. With me this week, Chloe Griffiths. And once again, Luke Allen. He can't get rid of me. Would you call yourself filmmakers? Yeah, you're both filmmakers, right? <laughs> filmmakers <laughs> with a question Allen mark at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Just about. I always want to qualify who the guest is. And I'm like, they're people who know stuff. <laughs> That's true. We met through being people who know stuff. I was doing a speech at an event and then you came and asked me a question at the end. And I was like, oh, this is like, finally, you know, my speech is powerful. And your question was, who's your favorite doctor from Doctor Who? And I was like, yeah. okay, sure. I'm on board with that. It worked. Yeah. And then next thing we know, we worked on a feature film together and potentially doing Please Be Seated together. If that comes back. Yeah. You heard it here first. I'll let Chloe speak more because I'm rambling. Oh, well, yeah. I just learned right before we started recording. She hasn't finished watching this movie yet. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, well, okay, so I haven't finished the one and I haven't watched the others. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. Okay. I do have, I don't know, it's a strange film, Ex Machina, but I'm enjoying it. But I don't like Nathan. I know you're not supposed to, but he's, he's just a bit creepy. <laughs> but there we go. So do you think he's going to give birth to himself at the end of the film? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I really, really hope. I like Oscar Isaac, but I think one is enough. We don't need another. <laughs> So, yeah. Or, you know, maybe Ava's got an ex-boyfriend that'll come out instead. Or really, has he already given birth to himself by creating Ava who can manipulate Caleb just as well as he can, if not better? Suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I just really hope that does not happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I would be interested to hear your perspective on this, actually, Chloe. I've just finished A-level film studies. I had my last exam on Monday just gone, so like three days ago I can't count and that's when I finished my film studies study on Ex Machina so so much for the freedom of not having to analyze Ex Machina again I'm here analyzing Ex Machina one of the things we looked at was alignment to characters and how Garland leaves it open for the spectators to align either with Caleb or Ava as their main character Mm -hmm. and who they're rooting for who do you think you're rooting for so far Chloe are you you rooting for Ava or for Caleb I don't know because I think in, in a way they're kind of equal so far, anyway, obviously I'm only like an hour in, but I feel like to a certain point, they're both the main character and you can't really have the one without the other. I've seen the whole movie, obviously. <laughs> and I just want those kids to you know, run off and be happy at the end. <laughs> and then you remember she's a robot and then you think, mm. <laughs> but, but maybe he is too. Yeah. Maybe. That's, not a, that's not a spoiler for the film, but that's a, a theory that has yes. been thrown about. And as you said, Robert, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because whether he's programmed by Nathan or by society, he's still the same person. And he still reacts the way Nathan wants in the situation. It's like programming a human instead yeah. with manipulation instead of actual like code and that. Exactly. Minute 21, we get just Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see any of Nathan or Ava. Well, we see her face on a wall because yeah. we are still with Caleb in his room with the lockdown red light. And then he pushes on his door a few times, tries to get out. We get a couple of, I should just call them trademark, like uh, Garland cuts, which I didn't notice any in Men, which was good, where he cuts to basically the same angle for no reason. I think he's just trying to save time. Yeah, I can see that. I think it works. Sometimes it works really well. Yeah. Sometimes it's like they just had a better take and I'm like, use the take you had that was like redo the whole scene if your take has to be cut in half or cut away to a different angle and then cut back. 
it reminds me a little bit. Now, Chloe, I wouldn't expect you to remember this from the one time you've seen About Time <laughs> because I don't think you're planning on watching it again anytime soon. Really? For people who listen to the show, Chloe's the person I referenced on the last one I was on as the first person I've shown About Time to who didn't like it. Yeah. But towards the end of About Time, during the luckiest montage, Mary wakes up like three times from the same angle. When she's like getting out of bed. Yep. That didn't work for me. That was weird and that was jarring because that was the only time Curtis had done that in the film. But in Ex Machina, I think it kind of creates that level of surrealism that Garland clearly aspires to some level of surreal, but it still doesn't quite fit. But within the context of the film, it didn't stand out as much as it does in About Time. Yeah. Even in this minute here, those cuts aren't that weird i just noticed them because in annihilation sometimes they were really distracting i've still not seen annihilation neither have i <laughs> oh my god or devs well my dad watched it and he didn't like it had you seen annihilation you might not have been as surprised by the end of men because there's a human face on the side of a bear in annihilation spoilers what a way to encourage Chloe to watch Annihilation is. <laughs> it's like men. <laughs> to be, if you told me the difference, I would have chosen Annihilation over men for that, to be fair. Fine. I, I like mythical creatures. See, it's interesting. I'm talking to two people who you both saw men and one were interested in talking about it. Is that Annihilation has actually some similar themes dealing with like grief and men, like the husband and the wife and. There's similar stuff going on for Garland. Well, grief is a thing for Garland anyway, because Caleb is orphaned, isn't he? So, like, it seems to be a thing that he plays on a lot. Yeah. Although, in this case, orphaned is an easy way to cut him away from having any backstory or much backstory. Yeah. It simplifies him for us, which adds to the he might be a robot. Is he? Part. A, yeah. Can we talk? I know we've literally, like, not really started the minute, but can we can we talk about Men? Absolutely. <laughs> so I guess spoilers. As I said yesterday, Men is directed by Alex Garland. It has a couple editing choices that were clearly going for looping of time. And it's about dealing with memories of past trauma. So it fits with this whole week. Chef week? Yeah. It's the Men week. I don't know how to label that. Like, watching Men, I was even like, this would work really well for me as a Movies by Minutes. But I'm like, what's the title? <laughs> You can't call it Men Minute. They'll think it's some weird, like, I don't even know what to call that. Like, I don't want to be associated with something that's just named for men. Yeah, you'll get a lot of people attacking you for that. Probably. Yeah. Knowing our society. You're not just going to call it Movies by Menets. No, you just call it Minute. And then if people find it, they find it, whatever. <laughs> or Minutia X Machina presents <laughs> Men. But um, so you liked Men. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. Tell me why. Please do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I thought it was similar to, see, I'm, I want to compare it to Annihilation. I, I'll compare it to itself. It's essentially an exploration of how grief and guilt can be horribly painful to get over. He's playing on like the thing that I looked it up afterward because I had to double check where it comes from. The whole green man thing comes from lots of different cultures, like this man of nature who is this weird symbol of rebirth, even though it's masculine. And he sort of plays on that. Like Austin on the show said, I need a fourth thing about men and women. I'm like, men would fit totally. But I don't think anyone would listen to a Movies by Minutes show about it because no one, most people wouldn't have seen it. But it's dealing with that trauma in a very sedate way. Similar to Annihilation has a lot of quiet moments where nothing happens. It's just people walking through the woods. And I had to find other ways to explore how detailed that was and deal with camera angles and music choices and lighting and everything else behind the scenes stuff. And I think the graphic stuff at the end, which is probably what, is that the only thing that turned you off or do you not like it at all up to that? Um, I 
didn't mind okay. the first two thirds. Like I, it was slow, but I like Kubrick, and Garland is clearly Kubrickian influence. Yeah. Anyway, but the last third just completely lost me. It felt unearned and undeserved by the rest of the film. It may genuinely be that it's my own understanding of grief because I didn't know the the Green Man thing, but it felt to me like the allegory. The film thought it was being more clever than it was, and it felt like at times the allegory was like the level of a GCSE English student rather than the level of an intelligent film. But you're already proving to me that it's more intelligent, so maybe I'm the level of a GCSE English student. It felt like there was also a second sort of theme, which is why I think he goes with the title of Men. And it reminded me a lot of Charlie Kaufman's movie, speaking of this Thursday, Eternal Sunshine, Anomalisa, where except for the main two characters, everyone else is voiced by the same actor. All the puppets are voiced by the same thing and they all have the same face. And it plays into this like everyone else's background characters to your story. They don't matter because we're dealing with your emotional experience. And then in hers, each of the men, even when they're trying to be helpful, is condescending, is a little too like patriarchal. Even the caretaker, he's being nice, but he's always a little too awkward about it and he's too involved. And then the police officer is not very nice to her. And she sees, of course, the naked guy out in the woods. That's creepy. Just a little. He shows up in her yard. But it all goes back to the flashbacks we get of her husband. Oh, by the way, audience, spoilers. If you're going to see men, go watch (laughs) it and then come back to this week's episodes. Don't watch it. Or that. (laughs) Just don't. Because spoilers. You can't really talk about it without spoiling it. Because you kind of have to. People need to know there's going to be something graphic at the end. I mean, trailers do not let you know that. Well, I think that partially for me was the issue. So I knew from listening to the Kermode and Mayo review on men that it had some Mm. body horror at the end. But the film is rated 15 Ah. in the UK. So violence and gore and body horror at 15 isn't normally that strong that I think I at least took it as a, there's going to be some body horror, but like when we got to that scene with the guy in his hand getting split in two, I thought, well, that's it. That's the edge of 15. But when what else happened, happened, I can speak for myself and I imagine Chloe, you'd say the same. That's not 15. (laughs) (laughs) Last night in Soho is rated 18. That's a 15. Why? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember how graphic that got with the sex and the violence. I know there was a lot of blood. But I feel like yeah. the overall tone of Last Night in Soho wasn't to disturb. It was quite an uplifting and empowering film. Like, I came out of Last Night in Soho being like, oh, yeah, that was a good fun. See, that fun's a weird choice of word, but the music and the, 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 the feel. That was the one where I didn't like the ending. Okay, I liked it because it, it having her be the killer, it was like, okay, cool. Spoilers for last night in Soho, but then making the ghosts the bad guys in the end was a little strange jump. Like in that same scene, bugged the crap out of me because it kind of messed up the themes they'd been playing with, which similar to men is this theme of like women being mistreated by men from generation to generation in that case, and here just by every man in the area. I feel like I've rambled a lot about my view on men. Chloe, do you have anything more to say about that experience? Well, I definitely agree. I didn't mind it for the first half of it, but I, I was a bit bored. I got that it was about grief and understood that, but I was just kind of lost interest in it. But I wanted to finish watching it to know what was happening. And then you you, you see that. <laughs> now, I've, I don't know if you've watched it. Uh, I know Luke hasn't, but um, a film called Tusk. Yes. I could cope with that perfectly fine. 
but that was just something different. And the guy got turned well, into yeah, a walrus. That, the so. visuals didn't bug me very much. I've seen so many horror films and things. I don't care that much about those sorts of things. But the idea of it was kind of disturbing because in the end of that movie, yeah. he, that can't be pleasant. You'd think they would just not let him suffer. <laughs> Like, okay, you stay right. Like that, that seems like the humane thing is save him from that. <laughs> and it, yeah, but apparently he's just like, nah, we, we'll put you in a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers as well, if you haven't watched Tusk. We're spoiling every movie today. <laughs> yeah. Tusk's on my list to watch. Yeah. You should just call it the spoiler. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, let's all remember Vader Bruce Willis father, is a ghost. And, uh, um, Rosebud is a sled. It was a weird experience, man. Because we also, like Chloe and I, we were going to grab some food afterwards. (laughs) We didn't. We had no appetite. (laughs) We were silent for the whole film because obviously it's cinema and all. I go to the cinema on my own a lot, which I think you do as well, don't you? I don't go to the theatre much anymore. I I rarely use cinema as a social thing. I use it as a, I should watch this film because it's new. We decided to go see men because i rarely go to cinema with people and other than the film that we'd worked on i hadn't sat and watched a film with chloe as to know like whether you're a in- occasional comments throughout the film person or a complete silent i'm normally told by my family i talk too much i'll stay silent for the entire thing i couldn't towards the end i think chloe you said it first you were like what on earth is going on i was like thank goodness you said that because i was sat <laughs> yeah. there thinking if i respond does it look like i'm just not like used to horror but that was that was too much for me i thought i was like a okay with body horror i'm usually am but not i left that film wondering whether i was okay with cinema yeah. I, I think the more disturbing thing in that movie for me was the guy's face on the little kid because it didn't quite yeah, fit his movie. head and it just looked very weird. That ruined it a little bit. I couldn't tell if that was full bad CGI or not. Uh, yeah, it's because they didn't want to use like a younger a version of his face, you know, because who knows what that actor looks like when he's younger. I don't. I wish he'd kept the mask on, the kid. He could have the voice and he could have kept that, like, was it Marilyn Monroe yeah. mask or something that he had? Because that that did feel really weird and out of place. Because for the rest of it, I feel like people who aren't, eager-eyed viewers like people who are very not eager-eyed viewers might not even notice that they're mm. all played by the same person well i didn't realize the caretaker was like that guy that. at first because with the first time we see him is with like clearly fake teeth and i'm like why does that guy's teeth seem fake yeah and i completely forgot in the moment so, that i knew all the men were played by this other guy who i knew the actor so yeah so like rory Kinnear, like i feel like it was ruined with the kid thing because first of all clearly they spent all their effects money on yeah. something else <laughs> but it, i didn't understand that until the kid came back towards the end i was thinking that should have just been deleted that scene it took me out of it but by the end that was the least of my worries <laughs> we haven't blatantly said what the ending is no. by the way we've just like said it's disturbing if, any, if anyone cares to describe <laughs> well it goes to the theme of like if you take it as a film that's negative which it clearly is about men in general or patriarchal bullshit it's that no matter how they try to be nice they end up just creating more men that are just as problematic and they keep coming at her one of my favorite things though was that we don't know what was wrong with her husband and i like that because it goes to the theme of like similar to this one with caleb it doesn't matter if he's a robot it doesn't matter if her husband had some mental health issue that could have been fixed with medication or something he was a problem. They couldn't deal with each other. I liked the idea of the flashback and I liked the idea of her not knowing whether it was her fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice concept. The ending remaining a bit unexplained 
that was a bigger issue for me was because we had all that disturbed stuff and like we were talking about walking out of the cinema and then chloe you said like well let's just like shut our eyes for a bit and then wait to hear it get explained (laughs) and it it didn't that was really annoying for me it felt like the film had potential but that it thought it was cleverer than it was which clearly to an extent it was Uh, it did have its you know, it, it's clever, deeper meaning that you're explaining. But I, I feel like it was on that awkward level of not feeling quite earned within the rest of the film either. I don't know. It just that felt a bit out of nowhere. There wasn't the... Well, I, it's interesting that Alice Garland as a screenwriter has written fairly mainstream films. Yeah. Genre films, but mainstream genre films. As a director and writer, he's basically getting farther and farther away from a mainstream audience. And I'm curious to see whatever his next movie will be because I'm not. maybe it goes even farther that way. And no, I'll be the only one in who watches it. What's Devs like? Have you seen Devs? Yeah, I've seen Devs twice. Devs is, it has some of that slowness that he does. And he has Sonoya, who's clearly a friend. She's, her voice is in Men, even. She's Kyoko in Ex Machina. Oh, okay. She's the lead there. And I don't think she's the strongest actress, but I think it works for the part sort of because she's the one who doesn't know what's going on most of the time and the ideas in devs are really awesome because they're basically create a computer to predict the future and it gets complicated it's not that many episodes i think like 10 or something like that so it's also just fair to say for people who don't know much about men before we go back onto ex machina our discussion between the two sides of it is very much what it's like critically at the moment so a 2.9 on letterbox there seems to be a big split between whether people love it or or hate it i'm not in any rush to ever see it again but i am also definitely going to be watching video essays and stuff to find out more about it and on a lighter note linked to ex machina we went past when we were on a drive the other day of film trailers that were filming by the peak district and it was a film where alicia vikander was the lead hmm. didn't see alicia vikander but I might have seen her trailer that's probably my notes on on men. I realize we haven't talked much about Ex Machina, so have fun with the edit. By the way, audience, the man gives birth to himself three times, and two of them are quite graphic. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, after seeing it once, I thought it. they were going to like move the camera away and kind of imply the rest. Well, the second one they do. They show it from the other angle, and so we just see him wrapped in the skin. We don't see the detail. But then the third one, they go right back with him coming out between his shoulder blades, which was... Yeah. If you have, what's that disorder where you can't look at holes in things? There's a psychological thing. If you have that, you probably shouldn't watch this. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to watch childbirth, you probably shouldn't watch this. Does anyone want to watch childbirth? Is like, is anyone just like sit down, you off having kids, a kind of. tea, I'm going to go watch some childbirth? Well, people studying to be like doctors, maybe. And in school, we watched a video of childbirth. Yeah, but do you want to? Like, there might be a purpose. Yeah, I, I did in school as well. To be really? Honest. No, I actually, I believe they even gave, I went to a private school. They gave us the option of not watching that video. We could go hang out in the library during that period. I watched the video. I didn't. Even as a adolescent, I was like, yeah, show me whatever movie you want. <laughs> oh, they, I've seen so much worse. That's probably why you're fine so with that film fine. then. Traumatized when you were a kid. It's actually not where I thought it was going. When you freaked out about it, I thought it was... Did, I was going to ask if you saw Antichrist. You didn't see Antichrist. <laughs> Anyone who's seen Antichrist? I thought that's where it was going to go. More that kind of graphic. I sent a complaint email to the BBFC. About the rating? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. They should know your name yeah, by now, so was... that should hold some weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was it. It's like we, we started off with the black card came on the screen, and I turned to Chloe, and the black <laughs> card was on. I was like, that, that signature on the bottom corner? I was like, I know that guy. I got on WhatsApp. 
And then afterwards, towards the end, you were like, yeah, why don't you contact him? <laughs> Wait, their rating on the screen gives you the name of a specific person? Uh, they have like the chief executive <laughs> oh, okay. and the senior something just on the bottom corner. So yeah, it's not like who uh, who rated it specifically, but it's like the higher ups. Like who's to blame? <laughs> but the, the BBFC haven't got back to me. So uh, it's been a week. They said, if you don't get a response, send us a letter. So he's going to send them a letter. Oh, he will. He'll quote their own standards to them. <laughs> and my trust in the BBFC is why I felt the need to contact them about this because I'm just confused. I trust them normally and now I'm doubting. <laughs> what age would you say, Robert, someone should have to be to watch men? Interesting. Well, I think in this country, it's an R. So that means if you're under 18, you have to be with a guardian or parent. Which seems reasonable for them. Imagine watching that with your mom. You just turn to her and say, so sorry, you have to go through that. Well, yeah. <laughs> the only time I ever walked out of a movie in the theater was because my mother couldn't handle it. And she got up and walked out and my dad's like, yeah, we should probably go. What was the film? That was Born on the Fourth of July. Okay. Not seen it. Uh, with Tom Cruise because uh, he has been, true story, I forget the guy's name now, Kovacs, I think. He was in Vietnam and was seriously injured. And one of the things that he's got is his penis was replaced by a little tube. And to freak out his mother, he pulls it out and is ranting about his penis. And that's when my <laughs> mother got up and left. Jumping in while editing, because I found the clip of that scene to include here and realized that, I mean, I saw this movie when I was like a kid. There is a lot more to this rant before he even gets to what I just said. And yeah, I'm not surprised at all that my mom walked out after this scene. <laughs> anyway, here's the clip. What's going on? Are you drunk again? Hey, Mom. He's drunk again. Eli, we were drunk for a son. Leave that. You leave that alone. Leave, give that to. You can't this stay what in this you house. Believe in, isn't it, Mom? You can't this is what you believe in, but I don't. I don't believe in him anymore. Go to bed, honey. Because he only had to spend three days out there. Me, I got to spend the rest of my life. I wish I were dead like him. You don't know what you're saying. That's the problem, Mom. I'm not dead. I got to live. I got to live and I got to roll around. I got to remind him of Vietnam. And you don't want to know. You don't want to see us. You want to hide us. You want to hide us because it is a can of shit. And I am a fucking dummy. He won't listen. He won't change. Ronnie, please, you got to take your mom seriously. You can't drink in this house. They told us. Go fight. Go kill. Sergeant man, rain car. Let's go left. Go left. Go left. You know it's all a lie, Ronnie. Why? Stop it. Go to bed. You sleep it off. What did they do to you in that war? What happened to you? You need help, Ronnie. You need God. help. You need help. With all your God and your bullshit dreams about me. Wake up the whole day. You are ashamed of me. You're embarrassed by me. No, you guys give me some air. Let me no, talk to him, all right? You go to bed. Fuck you. Fuck you. Don't you what did you say to, your to me? Like what did you say to me? Mom! Fuck you. You're going to break the whole neighborhood. Wake him up. Tell them. Use abs, Camelettis. Watches! You tell them all, Come tell them on, all buddy. what they did to me. Buddy, what they did to this whole block, this whole country. They're gonna call the police we this went time. We to Vietnam to stop communism. We, sh we shot women and children. You didn't shoot women and children. What are you saying? What said the war? Communism, the insidious evil. They, they told us. us to go. Yes, that's what they told us. Thou shalt not kill, Mom. Thou shalt not kill women and children.
thou shalt not kill, remember? Isn't that what you taught us? Isn't Stop that it. what they taught Stop us? Stop it! Stop, Stop it! I don't want you in this house. You're out of this house. Ron, come on now. You made your point, now stop! No! I haven't made my point, you tell her, Dad! They're killing everyone now! I didn't force you to go! Yes, you did! Yes, you did! Hey, Mom. And it's all falling really apart! King Kennedy, Kent State! Hey, man. We all lost fucking war! It's not my fault! Fucking communism won! It's all for nothing! It's not true, Ronnie! What do you know? What do you know? Ron. You, you tell her, Dad! Tell her! It's a lie! It's a fucking lie! There's no God! God is as dead as my legs! There's no God! There's no country! It's just me in his fucking wheelchair for the rest of my life. For nothing mean. It's, it's, it's dead penis! Oh, no, no, not with the catheter! For God's sake! Oh, penis! God. Eli! I can't stand it anymore. The hell with you? The church they say it is a sin if you play with your penis. I just wish I could. Don't say penis in this house. Penis. Penis. Big fucking erect penis, mom. Penis. Penis. He won't let go. What can I do? What can I do? Don't even got time to learn how to use it. It's gone in some jungle, some fucking jungle over in Asia. It's just gone. <laughs> sorry it happened this way. Oh, sorry, I'm sad, Mom. Which weirdly was good because I think the politics later in the film would have been more of a problem for her because it was a very anti war film and for the 80s. We could segue back fairly easily because in men, a guy peels off the skin of his former self. And if Chloe don't listen <laughs> at the end of this film, okay, someone puts on the skin of their former selves. That, that it's not like as bad as it sounds. It's not anything graphic. It's actually very nice. I love that scene. See, no, I can handle graphic. I can handle graphic, but not not a guy coming out of another guy. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like you have to. Explain That's that, that, that the good. scene Rob's talking about at the end of Ex Machina is Ava in her robot form putting on, putting on skin. like human skin so she can pass as a human, but it's not disturbing because I don't think it's actually he called it human like, skin, which made it sound disturbing. I think it does. It's just it. It's just like it's it's not disturbing. Basically, it's, it's almost like she's velcroing on like something over her robot yeah. to look not robot. And you're right, it is kind of satisfying rather than disturbing. It's a very nice scene, and it's the only time in my blog where I put pictures that included nudity, because there was no way to talk about that scene without showing what it was. Mm. But here we don't get any of that. Look forward to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, look forward to it. Here we're still uh, Caleb in his room, and then the door opens. He tries his key card again. He gets out. A theme that also is in Men and also in Annihilation, which neither of you have seen, is like doubling of people. Mm. When we see Caleb, we first we see him through the frosted glass of his door and then reflected in the wall once he's in the hallway. So there's two of him the whole time. And then he goes around a corner and he's reflected on a different wall. And we get to the masks, which unfortunately, and Luke, you know my level of obsession about these sorts of things, I couldn't identify any of them specifically, mm. but I came close. I'm pretty sure the first pointy one is an African mask. Probably a lion, because it seems to have some sort of mane. The second one seems to be Mayan, specifically, because it looks like it has fangs. It's a specific mosaic mask that they have. 
The third looks like a clown mask, and it reminded me very specifically of a very surreal shot in a horror film. And I think it's extra, but when I was checking extra, I couldn't find the scene because it's got like this pointy nose, kind of like the Tin Man and Wizard of Oz. But it's like a clown mask. Seems kind of like a Harlequin kind of deal. And then the fourth is a more modern Japanese no mask, possibly. And then the fifth is Ava's face. Essentially, the description I saw from Mark Digby, who's a production designer, he said the master from antiquity to the present day, Nathan is a collector, a man of history and legacy of what has come before, a man who understands and is working on evolution. He's also such a pretentious guy to put himself alongside a, a piece of major history, even though he, he made something insane, but he isn't going to wait for someone else to tell him he's good. Oh, no, no way. He basically compares himself to Pollock later, and yeah, he's he he thinks a lot of himself. And in the the last episode I was on, he basically called himself God mm-hmm. based upon a false quote of what Caleb said to him. <laughs> and of course, the production designer that you mentioned, Mark Digby, worked with Alex Garland on everything. Yeah, he worked on men. Yeah, I'm watching the credits on that. And I'm like, oh, I I've talked about that guy. I've talked about that. I've talked about her. Recognize so many names in that from Annihilation. I've occasionally, rarely, but occasionally I've sat through the end credits with film and gone, I know that guy. So basically, if you want to talk about Ex Machina a little more, it would be from the masks is it goes to that programming thing. And also masking is like what we do to present ourselves to other people. And if we're talking about Caleb as you have as autistically coded, then masking becomes an even bigger concept. Yeah. How do you appear normal? Same with Ava. How does she look like a human? Her design, what is covered in skin, her face, her hands, her feet. On a practical sense, that's her senses. You need to program her to be able to touch things and feel things just like we would. But also she needs to be able to hold hands with someone. She needs to be able to look at someone and they see a human face. So that you can just think she's wearing a costume. That robot thing, it's clearly an actress with, well, it is, with a suit on. Yeah. And I think the knowing Nathan and knowing think it's Mulvey who talked about the male gaze yeah. in like major detail that obviously she's given the female form mm-hmm. and that serves as a distraction yep. to her as a robot the whole point of the visual effects of Ava looking as a robot and looking transparent is so you learn to ignore it yeah but I would also say even Nathan has a mask too I mean he presents himself as this masculine sort of bro who just I mean, he does drink all the time, but wants to hang out with Caleb. Mm. But that's his way of disarming Caleb is he's too friendly. I'll ask you briefly, Robert, because obviously I, I think I opened with the idea of who we align with more in the film. Mm-hmm. Who's it? Who's it for you? Are you Caleb or Ava? <laughs> I think the first time it was Caleb. I think once the movie was over, it was like as soon as I ever watched it again, it was Ava. I think I agree. But I think it's supposed to work that way. Yeah. And he gets a lot more screen time. I've complained about their interactions being too short, but also that's sort of the point because what really matters, going back to themes of men actually, is that we get more of Caleb and Nathan interacting with each other because their differing ways of dealing with the situation are what really matter. Mm. And that's why both of them end up getting, Yeah, I don't know how to finish that sentence without spoiling it. <laughs> so plugs, anything? Oh. You got anything to plug, Chloe? I can't think of anything I want to plug. Any any social media? What movie is worth watching? Anything that's worth yeah. watching? Don't know, because no one likes my film taste, apart from Luke so far, luckily. I'd say if you like a film that not a lot happens in it, I'd say watch Only Lovers Left Alive, which I know Luke really likes. Yeah. I was glad about. But it is very much a film about love, but how... I don't know how to describe it. It's just like you need each other 
to survive in a world where you're vampires. Well, they're vampires, basically. <laughs> I was going to say, I think my letterbox review was it's a really lovely, sweet, slow melodrama where nothing really happens. Also, they're vampires. So there's this guy, Johnny, a true American hero to be played by me. He has it all. Good luck. Many friends. And also, maybe Johnny is vampire. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's just a s- story that happens to have vampires in it really but it's it's a sweet story i think it's good anyway plus you get steve palmerston so there's nothing wrong with that yeah (laughs) when when chloe recommends films to me i'm like i wonder why she likes this and i load it up on letterboxd and it says tom hiddleston and the lead i'm like okay never mind (laughs) well you find it for the from the actor and then you enjoy it because it's a good film (laughs) sometimes yeah on letterboxd you you haven't seen it robert that's rare i have not seen that no There you go. It's when she said the title, I'm like, I don't think I've even heard of that. And I just wrote it down. And Luke? I'm on Twitter, Lama underscore Bottle Zero, Instagram, The Ginger Luke, Facebook, Luke Allen Film, all podcasts, radio prints, newspaper articles, short films were at Luke Allen to Cut UK, but they're not anymore. So that doesn't really work. Thank you for listening. Minutia X Machina is just one part of an existential trilogy of podcasts. Tune in every Tuesday for more X Machina, every Wednesday for the Groundhog Day Project Minute by Minute and every Thursday for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. You can follow all three shows in one feed. Just search An Existential Trilogy. Follow this show on Twitter at xmanusha, Instagram at manusha underscore x underscore machina, or Facebook at manusha x machina. This has been a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com, or join the Facebook group Lemming Drops Studio Tour. Also, you can support all my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. Until next time. What imperative does a gray box have to interact with another gray box? Can consciousness exist without interaction? The real test is to show you that she's a robot and then see if you still feel she has consciousness. But this is Hane Boy's underwear, Inspector 12. I thought I should be gentle. Gentle? Did you ever see a boy wrestle? Did you ever see a boy slide into second base? Why, boys are worse than men when it comes to... Every Hane's t-shirt and brief has to pass 11 quality tests and Inspector 12. They don't say Hane's until I say they say Hane's. Hane's men's and boys underwear are now on sale at a store near you.